Coming up today, great show with Travis Peterson, outstanding angler in Paul Bunyan country. He's been out catching bass like crazy. We'll talk to him about that. And since he's not actually fishing in the Lucan's Village Foods United Way fishing tournament, we'll ask him for some advice. For all you guys out there fishing and listening, get ready to take some notes from a master. Pretty hot. If I had a bar for every time my line got stuck, well then I'd probably have enough for a brand new pickup truck and I'm probably gonna need it. My luck is gonna change, I can feel it. I got a secret weapon on the radio. Kevin always tells me where the fish is gone. And I'm fishing. Yes, I'm fishing. Paul Bunyan. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle, celebrating our 30th year. Checking back in with Travis Peterson. Uh, Travis, thanks for taking time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. So I know you like to fish, so I'm assuming you've been out there quite a bit. Uh, what have you been fishing for the last few weeks? I've been fishing bass pretty much exclusively the last uh Actually, the last several weeks, um, just something that I enjoy doing, and, and uh, my family enjoys doing. So we've been we've been out on uh, multiple lakes. I, I uh, was trying to catch up to up to speed the other day. I think I've been on close to thirty different lakes now this summer, and and I can't quite catch uh, my son and my nephew. They're they're uh, approaching fifty different lakes. I think they fished in you know in the area, and, and it's pretty much for bass. Well, of course, uh, bass is a is a fish that's definitely biting this time of year. I know it's a it's a favorite of yours. It has been for years. Um, what is it about bass you guys like so much? Well, the the cooperative nature for sure. They're <laughs> just uh, willing biters, and um, you know it does. They don't seem to be as affected quite as much by the cold fronts that come through, and um, and they're they're abundant too. You know, we've we've got a lot of bass in our area, and uh, you can usually you know go out and, and have a have a pretty productive day of bass fishing uh in the Bemidji area um where walleye fishing can be fickle you know at times it can sure be uh fun and rewarding but uh those things are, are a little more finicky than bass <laughs> they are and that's the thing too you, you mentioned cold fronts are not as affected by they're also not as affected by high skies and flat water um you know they'll hunker down in the weeds but they'll still be aggressive Exactly. Exactly. It seems like uh, you know some days we, some days we, you know, we welcome those flat calm days when we're bass fishing, but we we don't welcome them when we're when we're heading out for walleyes. You know, we want that chop on the water and, and a little breeze to break down that light penetration, and and you know, some overcast skies makes them uh, definitely more. I think more catchable in, on most lakes. Um, our waters are so clear that uh, that's definitely the case with the walleyes, and, and you know you're hearing guys doing the night the nighttime thing now, and and that's part of the reason why is is they're just uh, they're tough during those high bluebird sky days 
You know, uh, with walleyes, there's certainly plenty of lakes that have walleye in it in our neck of the woods, now, unquestionably. But there's, you know, what, maybe twice, maybe more than twice as many lakes that have bass on them. Yeah, virtually all of our lakes have bass. Um, you know, all of our lakes have panfish, and, and bass are just uh, kind of a large mouth. is really just a big bluegill, and, and they're they're in you know all of our all of our lakes uh, really, and and uh, certainly some lakes have have larger populations, but um, even some of our our lakes that people don't you know think of as bass lakes that are you know more more of a walleye lake, uh, Lake Bemidji for example, you know has has some a population of largemouth in it and. Where uh, you're right, some of our lakes are are uh, pretty light on the walleye population. I do not expect uh, anybody who's on this show to ever give up their super secret uh, tiny little lakes that they love to go through. But you mentioned Bemidji. We know Leech has a ton. What are some other pretty decent sized bodies of water that we're going to find bass on that maybe we didn't even think were there? Sure. Well, some of our favorites in the area, you know, the the big turtle chain, uh, the turtle chain, big turtle, little turtle, mobile. Uh, that's a really nice uh, bass body of water, um, you know, with the connected lakes and uh, has some elbow room out there to to get, um, you know, those fish. There's a lot of fish out there, and they, they get some some traffic from the bass fishermen, but there's enough water where the pressure doesn't get to them too bad, and we've really enjoyed, you know, fishing over there. Uh, Lake Beltrami is another one up, you know, in that neck of the woods that, that has a good population, and, and both of those systems have smallmouth as well. Um we like Big Lake to the east of, you know, the east of town. That's uh, got a, a good largemouth population. Um, and we found there that the fish have really spread out. You know, we've been fishing, you know, these lakes for 40 years, and, and they've changed over time, and, and some of them have, uh, you know, increased population uh, as far as. But then at the same time, sometimes your size, your average size goes down, and you see that with, with other species of fish, you know, like bluegills and guys talked about their favorite big bluegill lakes a lot of times they don't have you know large populations but big lake is a lake that we feel has you know exploded with you know bass numbers over the years and and maybe the size isn't quite what it used to be but that's a fun lake um just kind of rotating around town grace lake to the east of town is is a good bass lake we like that one um we'll get down to leech lake i was on leech lake yesterday and and uh got pretty rough out there in the morning so i moved to a smaller lake uh after I got done on leech, um, but just a you know, there's just a number of them, and then like you said, a lot of them are smaller lakes that you know we probably don't want to talk about on the air, and, and people probably get mad at me if I mention their if it's their favorite lake. Uh, we just have so many, and that's one thing we do um, quite often is hit two or three lakes in a day rather than go to one big body of water and, and spend the day there. We'll we'll uh, get up early and, and hit a lake for two or three hours, and and then we'll you know, pull out and move down the road five, ten miles to a different small lake and, and fish there for a few hours. So if you're mobile, you can, you know, you can hit two, three lakes in a day and and uh, those add up. Like I say, we fished a lot of lakes, but, um, you know, we, we knock out two or three or four sometimes in one day. So for those who are not uh, big bass anglers, maybe want to give it a try, uh, kind of map out a day for us. What are we looking for when we get on the water and what kind of lures do we need to have? Sure. Well, um, as, as far as the day goes, you know, we, we typically like to start shallow when we're looking for fish, and, and that's really of any species. Um, but for bass, shallow can mean uh, a foot of water. So 
we definitely start there, and, and one of the reasons we do that is you know they can't be you know there's a there's a defined edge. The shoreline is a defined edge. They actually you know they can't be they can't be on dry land. So you've got them cornered, so to speak. And um, we definitely find you know try to find out if there's fish shallow and, and move deeper as as we need to. Um, up shallow right now, we're looking for uh, shade. So we're looking for vegetation that creates shade and in, in the form of lily pads or, or wild rice is growing now and is actually laid over on the on the top of the water and kind of forms a mat and uh there's you know some kind of some special lures that that help you kind of uh extract those fish from those areas and then you know you definitely need some weedless type lures we like weedless spoons like a jawbreaker spoon or or hollow hollow bodied frogs work well up in that stuff and then we'll also cast uh texas rigged plastics or uh, a weedless jig like a jungle jig into those uh to those areas and then if we're not finding activity there we'll just continue to move out deeper until we make contact with fish and as we move out deeper we're still looking for you know the best vegetation that we can find and and uh sometimes that's you know cabbage weeds uh in that six to ten foot range and and uh we really you know beyond that um we have a uh coontail weeds in a lot of our lakes and and those are bass magnets if you can find coontail out in that 10 to 15 foot range and in some of our lakes it grows as deep as 20 feet um because of the clear water uh that is the coolest water that those fish will find that still has vegetation and and that's uh that's where we're finding a lot of our fish right now kev um, we just had a really, really hot June and the water temperatures got up to the, you know, 80 degree mark and, and they've tapered back down now, but a lot of the fish were forced, I think, out of the shallows, you know, in search of cooler water and, and we're finding them, you know, around that deepest vegetation. Travis Peterson, my guest, getting you ready for the weekend. Got a lot more to come with Travis next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. That's for two fat, middle-aged men to sit in the boat and go, huh, oh, oh, I think got one. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. You're the one that's in charge. Since when? Sorry, I just rediscovered these files of hilarious out-of-context Fish and Paul Bunyan Country quotes from the past. Travis Peterson, my guest today. We're talking bass fishing. And Travis, I've got a good standard rod and reel combo that I use for walleyes, northerns, panfish. If I want to get into bass, is that going to work for me? And what additional things would I need? Sure. Um, the, the, you know, most guys that fish have a medium action spinning rod you know if you fish in this neck of the woods you, you have medium action gear for walleye fishing and like you said pan fishing and and your your average spinning walleye type rod will work just fine for for those deeper applications for bass fishing and, and even some of the shallow stuff unless you're in the real real thick stuff um and you know if you're up shallow what you might want to do is 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 definitely move to some braided braided line on that spinning reel um, look at 10 to 15 pound braided line and uh, what what we use often up shallow with our spinning gear is an unweighted worm like a dipstick and we just use a worm hook like a three-aught or four-aught worm hook and rig it weedless so Texas style so that hook point is you know is buried in the worm and uh, 
you know, cast that around uh, those those shady shade providing obstacles or obstructions that you know it might be lily pads, might be uh, boat docks, might be a tree that's fallen in the water, and those are those are magnets for those bass. So you can get by, you know, fishing those edges of that kind of cover with a you know a spinning rod. Then as you move deeper, you can use the same rod. And uh, our best, you know, one of our best um, techniques in the deeper water is just to use a jig. We call it a jig worm, but it's a jig, like an eighth ounce jig. And we just thread a six or seven inch plastic worm on there and the hook is exposed. Um, and we, we throw it out in those deep, you know, on those deep weed lines. So in my, a lot of the lakes, we're holding the boat in 12 to 18 feet of water and we're, we're casting towards the break line. And, you know where the weeds are a little bit thicker, and and uh, the, the whole trick is to cast it up there and, and just let it fall straight to the bottom on a slack line. And ninety percent uh, of your bites will come on that initial drop, or or maybe on the first hop or two. Um, but you really want to let it fall and settle into those into those weeds. And you can get by with those you know those two techniques with uh, with just your typical medium action spinning rod that you'd use for for walleye fishing. If you want to expand on that, you know, and want to get into the bait casting equipment, um, a seven foot medium heavy uh, bait casting combination, you know, is, is one that would um, provide a lot of application for a number of techniques and, and uh, would, you know, would suffice. But there you can throw spinner baits, you can throw crank baits, you can throw, you know, top water lures and. And that's really where I would start if I were, you know, uh, someone that wanted to to move move toward, you know, more bass fishing. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit about walleye fishing. I know you're not doing a whole lot of it right now, but uh, what are you hearing first of all, and secondly, what should we be doing if we really want to find some walleyes right now? Sure. Well, I think uh, you know, again, you have to find uh, where those walleyes are comfortable, and and that means. They're either going to be in the cabbage, the cabbage beds, and they, you know, because our water warmed up, they, they, if they're going to stay shallow, they need to find, you know, some cooler haunts within, within that shallow water where they can get out of the light, you know, the sun, the sunlight and, and, uh, chill, uh, so to speak, underneath the, you know, the canopy that is provided by some of the vegetation. So you need to find those thickest cabbage weed beds and, and the ones that are the green, you know, that, that are bright green and, and you can find those visually with, you know, polarized sunglasses or, um, you know, casting around and, and, you know, and hooking onto some of that vegetation. And that's one, one place to look. And, and, uh, in those places, I wouldn't be afraid to, to troll through those areas with a crankbait. Um, you know, that's a, that's a technique that some guys are, guys and gals are saving till the evening hours, but, uh, it works in the summer too. Um, midsummer, in in those thicker cabbage beds and that's uh that's a technique that i would definitely definitely use if i was out walleye fishing then as you move uh deeper um you know that water's cooler and a lot of our walleyes have moved out you know out deeper on the on the breaks and um what i'm hearing is guys are you know moved to the crawlers and the leeches now and and uh a lot of guys are using a, a just a plain crawler on a you know live bait rig or they're using a, a spinner rig and and maybe the butterfly type spinner. I've heard a lot of guys using those the last couple summers now in the Bemidji area and, and having success, and they can move move along a little bit slower with with that style spinner. But um, you know, in those cases, I would I would find some of the steeper breaks and, and fish those areas of the lake, and you know, with mapping 
um, you can kind of you can kind of look at a map and, and see where those contour lines are the tightest, and you know that's where you've got you know the, the steepest breaks. And I would get on those and, and try to you know try to find out what what point on those breaks those fish are holding. Um, but right now, I I know a lot of those fish are off the off the edge, and they're not up in you know where we're fishing in June, early June, that seven to ten foot mark. Those fish have slid down to that seventeen to you know twenty five foot mark already. Okay. Now, as we speak, or as this will be airing, we will be in the midst of the first day of the Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, which has a bass and a walleye division, and basically you can fish both of them if you want, try to win both or place in both. So um, since you're not in the tournament, um, you you know, you can be honest with us. Give us some thoughts on, you know, some lakes that we should be on that are going to give us good opportunities for both those species that are in Hubbard, Clearwater, or Beltrami County. Sure, sure. Well, for both species, um, if you want to catch them at the same time, obviously you're going to be you're going to be fishing uh, walleyes, you know, and you're going to be trying to get those bass that have slid out deeper as well. And, um, I, you know, one, one technique that... Uh, it catches both fish is our crankbaits, and um, I would I would you know if you want to target both at the same time I would uh, I would definitely you know have that in the arsenal and I think um, you know you go on on some of these lakes uh, and get it you know hold that boat in ten to twelve feet and cast crankbaits on the outside edge of those cabbage beds. What we found is they those baits don't only catch bass but they catch a bigger bigger average size of walleyes um we've got a lot of big walleyes over the years on on you know crankbaits and casting them and um that's one technique that that you know i think people might try if they want to you know have a shot at um you know producing uh, bass and walleyes at the same time um you know if you get on some of these lakes that have smallmouth bass you know they typically also have walleyes and then uh your live bait presentations like your leeches and your crawlers and even your big minnows um you know, working those uh, offshore structures, smallmouth will definitely move out. You know, to those same haunts as the walleyes, and and uh, once you get out beyond that weed line, um, you know, you can you can run those live bait rigs around those humps and bumps, and and you'll catch both. You know, so if you that'd be another strategy is to hit a lake that has you know both that has smallmouth, and like I say, they typically also have have walleyes, and uh, there's a few of those lakes in the area, and and the guys at Target them definitely know which which ones they are. So those are a couple things that you know that I do. But um, I I personally think that it's going to be hard to compete in both categories because we have so many um, adept bass anglers in the area and also uh, very good walleye fishermen. That I think the guys that put their time in chasing one species are gonna are gonna do well and. And it's going to be hard to compete if you split your time and and try to do it all. So, um, in that regard, I, if I if I was in, uh, you know, I'm, I can't fish this weekend. If I was, I'd be fishing very shallow for the for the largemouth bass in our area, in the heaviest cover with the heaviest gear, and and uh, I'd be you know I'd be targeting i'd be a long ways from the walleyes <laughs> um, and if i were fishing walleyes i think i would be on some of the lakes in the in the dark darkest hours of the 
uh, it's kind of a unique format where you can fish, you know, through the night if you want, and, and there definitely be some guys doing that. And, and I think uh, they're gonna they're gonna produce some of the bigger walleye. Travis Peterson, my guest, we'll wrap it up with crab next. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tech. Walleye, walleye, walleye. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Travis Peterson, my guest today. When we went to break, we were talking about the Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament. We're using the Fish Donkey app for this tournament. There are a number of apps out there now for fishing tournaments, and they're seeing more and more, even before COVID-19, we saw more and more uh, going this way for the purpose of, you know, particularly in the hot summer months, having to, being able to have a tournament and not, uh, not risk the, the, the life of the fish. Um, going forward, we get past COVID. Do you, do you anticipate this is only going to grow? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, with the interest in competitive fishing amongst our youth right now, um, you know, kids are, are competitors. You know, they're gamers. They want to keep score. They want to get the highest score on their video games and beat their record and um, achieve these different levels. You know, kids are competitive, and, and it does uh, keep them interested in, in activities and sports, and uh, they like to keep score. And um, I'm kind of the same way. I've always been that way. And, and these apps have have allowed for, you know, people to, to keep score without having to take fish into a, you know, a, a dock for a weigh-in. And, um, you know, certainly through the COVID situation, it's it's working out. Uh, it's serving a purpose for sure, but I think they're going to gain in popularity. And, I you know, I would encourage um, our people that are involved in organizing high school type and, and even younger youth activities, if they want to do competitive things, um, to look at these apps and try to create opportunities for people to, you know, fish waters that they're familiar with uh, rather than everybody drive to one destination that uh, isn't, you know, so familiar with, you know, they aren't familiar with. And and uh, there's less expense involved if they could stay, you know, in their home areas and fish their home lakes and they can still compete by registering fish, you know, through these apps and, um, the kids are, you know, so technical now that, you know, when this first stuff came up, when this, these things first came about, I was kind of curious and, and, uh, some of the, the generation that's older than me, they were even more, um, more skeptical, I think, but I fished a couple of events, uh, this summer using, you know, online applications where they, um, we enter our fish electronically and, and it's been, uh, it's been pretty interesting and, I'm all in favor. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so I think going forward, you know, yeah, it's, I think it's something that's going to, you know, stick around. And, and uh, you know, it, it's also an opportunity for just some guys to, to hey, let's let's uh, let's compete this weekend. You know, and now you, you know, you've got your softball leagues and, and things like that. Now you've got more and more fishing leagues popping up, and, and they're doing it this way. And, and uh, it's, you know, you don't have to all live in the same community. You can have a a league with your buddies and they can be you know fishing on lake minnetonka and you could be fishing on lake Bemidji, and you can you can compete against each other so it's pretty pretty interesting yeah and if i'm struggling or you're struggling you know we can just bring my eight-year-old grandson he'll figure it out for us exactly yeah the younger <laughs> generation you know is, is uh they can write the programs let alone use them you know they they know what uh they know how everything works and it's pretty it's pretty cool but we've had like I say, a couple of events that, that I've participated in and, and, uh, you know, my son Jace and my nephew Charlie are doing a league with 
to Northwoods bait and tackle every Wednesday. They're doing the Bass League, and they've got their walleye leagues on Tuesday and Thursday nights that Northwoods runs, and they're running everything you know on on Fish Donkey, and it's it's worked really well. And and uh, I've I've filled in you know one one week for for Charlie and, and fish with Jace, and and it's uh, it's real smooth, and uh, it's it's also throws a you know different element into it uh in that you can see you know what the leaderboard looks like and right. you can see how far behind you are or um you can even sign up to have notifications when a new leader you know when there's a new leader but you can see where you stand as uh, as the day goes on or or the evening goes on and and uh know you know how much ground you have to make up and sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad i guess if you know you're close it, it motivates you and <laughs> But uh, but it's pretty cool, and you know, at the end of the, the end of the event, you don't have to congregate and and congest up uh, an area and and get everybody uh, in a crowd. You can you can go home and and uh, you can text your buddies and and razz them, I guess, if you beat them. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I think about it, uh, whether it be golf and the leaderboards, or whether it be bowling, or you know, any sport, the only sport I can think of now that. You had no clue what the score was. Was competitive fishing, and now that uh, has been eliminated. So that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, you're right, Cal. It's it's always a surprise when you come in. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely changes that game. And and some people probably don't pay attention to it that close. But um, I think there's some advantages to to keeping you know keeping an eye on it if you want to compete against people and you kind of know who some of those people are and what they're. What their you know what their favorite techniques are, and you see somebody on the leaderboard. Oh man, they're doing well. I, you know they they really like to fish this way. It might influence you, you know, for the rest of the event to to lean that direction. You know, and and you learn from each other. And that's one thing about competitive fishing that that I've seen is this uh, new generation is, is learning really fast. And and um, these leagues that they're in, you know, there might be ten, twelve teams fishing in a league once a week. Uh, but they, they, they learn from each other, and they're willing to share information with each other. They're having fun, and uh, they learn from each other, and, and you can learn a lot you know, just, just going out once a week. And that competitive aspect forces you to you know, um, try some different things and, and again, uh, and learn. And the, the people that seem to um, rise to the top seem to be those, you know, like in any activity, they're the ones that learn the fastest, you know, and they, they learn how to adapt uh you know, to the game and, and to the conditions. And um, I definitely think that uh, the curve has just continued to increase as far as people learning uh, about fish and, and how to catch them. One of the things I've heard all summer long is there's a lot of people out fishing this year. Have you seen that? Yes, I have, Kev. I've been, uh, like I said, on a number of lakes, and uh, been. Um, it's been uh, – it's been really neat to see more people at the landings and on the water and seeing families in boats and, and kids particularly, you know, out there fishing uh, in kayaks and canoes and fishing with, you know, their families and, and grandparents. And um, it's just been, uh, it's been pretty cool and it's been pretty obvious. I know the numbers support it, you know, statistically license sales are up, but it's been noticeable as well. And if you talk to retailers in the fishing industry, uh, they can't keep product on the shelves. Um, it's been the business has been really booming in that regard, and the outdoor industry in general has been that way. I know ATV sales are through the roof, and K 
camper sales, you know, motorhome sales are through the roof. And the same is true in the, you know, the fishing industry. And, and uh, people are, you know, that's another indicator that, that people are, are out there on the lakes. Uh, anything, as you've been out there this summer, anything that's got you concerned at all right now? Uh, as far as the... As far as anything. Populations and, and our resources. Yeah, you yeah. Know, um, not a lot, uh, other than, you know, I just, I hope that people that are, are uh, out on the lakes will continue to take care of our resources. And, um, you know, I've I've been a little concerned a couple times where I've been at bowl landings and just, you know, seeing where people have left some some garbage that, you know, just doesn't have to happen. And that, that just, you know, kind of puts a black eye on us as sportsmen, you know, if, and whether or not it's, people that were using the landings for fishing and we don't know but um certainly uh what i'm you know trying to do is keep a garbage bag in the back of my truck and when i see that stuff try to pick it up but um we shouldn't have to do that but uh you know i don't think that that's uh happening very often but i just encourage people to really take care of things because we're all you know it belongs to all of us it's it's public water and, and public boat landings and that means we own it and we need to take care of it okay any final thoughts before we wrap it up today, Travis? No, just good luck to everybody uh, on the water this weekend, and, and be safe out there. Uh, I think with uh, more people on the water and, and uh, certainly the nice uh, summer weather we've been having, there's a lot of uh, people doing other things on the lakes as well and, and try to uh, try to work around each other and, and uh, you know, enjoy the water and just realize that everybody's trying to do the same thing. And um We've got a pretty pretty special place to live in up here, and, and there's plenty of room for everybody, and, and there's uh, a lot of resources to go around. All right. We didn't get a chance to talk hoops this time, but he's into hoops and he's into hooks. He is Travis Peterson, and Travis, thanks for taking time today, and have a great weekend. Thanks, Kevin. Good to talk to you. Paul Bunyan. Crazy, crazy.